The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Are you one of those people who gets, who has all these autoimmune problems, chronic infections that get worse when you're around your family? Are you one of those people who gains weight, gets rashes when your relationship or a friend drives you crazy? If you've ever had depression, panic, health problems that get worse with the relationship so bad they end up hiding in a hovel at home. Today's your day because we're going to discuss medical intuitive solutions for healthy relationships. In today's world, it's very common to see a lot of people calling themselves empaths. They're empathic. They're sensitive. They're intuitive. They're spiritual. And what do they do? They try to stay away from people because... You're too sensitive to get sick. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you that now it's Valentine's Day. You can tune into some relationship advice. I'm going to show you how there's a connection between your body and your relationships, whether it's romantic, family, friends. Your relationship conflict ends up, can often end up in your body. Medical intuition your body will signal how your relationships are doing and whether you're running low on relationships. We're taking your call today, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live for this show every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You know, those of us who are sensitive, I was told by a guidance counselor, can you imagine when they used to call them guidance counselors and now we call, they call them school psychologists. I was told by a guidance counselor that I was too sensitive and I'd never survive. Well, they had a point there. And so... Then when you get older, they call it social phobia, but really 
you kind of shy away from people because, you know, you're the empath, the intuitive, the sensitive one. But then you hear someone like, I don't know, Barbara Streisand, who's socially phobic, anxious, sensitive, who sings people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Good for her. Suffice it to say, I grew up and I prided myself, emphasis emphasis on the word pride, on being self-sufficient. I like to pick up my own stuff. I like to drive myself. I liked to do it myself. Because depending on someone, well, was to get disappointed. Because if you ask somebody, can you help me? They say no. Then you get all embarrassed. It's like you get embarrassed. And then you get hurt. Hurt is a combination of sad and mad. Angry. So you can skip all of that kind of vulnerability and just do it yourself. Then you get the feeling of pride. That I did this. I did this. The problem is it wears out your body especially your adrenal gland, cortisol, which can affect your bones, joints, can affect weight, immune system, not to mention give you a host of autoimmune, chronic infections, allergies, anxiety, because guess what? You can't do it all, even though you try to convince yourself. Or at least you try to convince yourself, well, I can't do it all at once. Good luck with that. Suffice it to say, you, like me, probably got to the point where, well, two days ago, people probably know I have a neck problem, but you at home probably have some problem in your brain or your body, and you've hit the wall and you need help. And you don't like to ask for help because you've been disappointed in a relationship that's influenced your health. But you have to ask and then get disappointed. So last week involved, two days ago involved, me getting a vacuum cleaner up a flight of stairs and out of my house because I was tripping on it. And tripping is not good for me right now. It's, uh, let's just say falling is a problem. So I don't know if you remember a couple decades ago, we used to have people who went door to door as salesmen who brought the vacuum cleaner in your house to sell you one. They used to throw the dirt on the floor, show you how the vacuum cleaner was good and sell you it by bringing the vacuum cleaner in the house. Well, I needed someone to carry the vacuum cleaner out of the house so I didn't trip on it, but I couldn't find anybody. And I was pretty obsessed about the issue of falling. And I was right because the day after that, I actually fell and that's significant because back in December, I fell and ended up in the hospital. So there was this intuition that told me I got to get this vacuum cleaner out of there. If actually kind of, I thought I was going nuts, but it was like, I felt my house was possessed by a vacuum cleaner. I digress, but suppose suffice it to say, I needed this vacuum cleaner out of my house and I needed it now. So I called this odd people that where they call it odd jobs kind of thing. And they weren't available. I called a couple of people and they weren't available. And when somebody said, actually, no, and I was hurt. Combination of sad and mad. And so my intuition said, I need it out now. And I felt nuts. So I went for a walk and believe it or not, went door to door in my neighborhood. Kind of like the 
vacuum cleaner salesman used to go door to door to sell a vacuum cleaner, get it in your house. I was going door to door to get the vacuum cleaner out of my house. And guess what? I couldn't find anybody. No one was home. It didn't work. So much for asking for help, I said. I don't care what those therapists say. They say, ask for help. I, I came back into the house going, it never works. It never works. See, it never works to ask for help. As I was doing that, I looked out the window and there was a truck, a truck parked outside of my house by the mailbox. I went, son of a gun. Angels do go door to door. I went out there and I went, sir, can I help you? He goes, yeah, I'm the plow guy. I'm just leaving you a bill. And he was writing a bill. I went, I'll pay the bill if you come in the house and get my vacuum cleaner out of here and bring it away. And he went, well, I'll do that. I paid the bill. And he took out the vacuum cleaner, thus getting rid of my house possessed by the vacuum cleaner, at which time when he removed it, I said, this house is clear. The same guy showed up two days later when the wall in my basement sprung a leak. This is no ordinary leak. This is... (laughs) It was like... My basement had a stroke, a hemorrhage. And every hour on the hour, I had to put towels down on the floor and put the wet ones up a flight of stairs into the dryer and repeat. I called it towel patrol. I was so exhausted. I called one person. They said no. No one could do this again. I I said to myself, you know what? It's just not worth it. No one loves me. I'm all alone. I look outside. There's the guy with the truck again. There is the guy with the truck. I rolled the window down. What we say in Rhode Island, I rolled the window down. He said, I got your call. It's almost dark. And he came. You understand, I was told that to repair the wall in my basement would cost 20 thousand dollars i'm going to repeat that twenty thousand dollars and i thought the only way that i could stop taking towels up and down the stairs was in spring when this snow drift outside the window of the basement was thawed and they could excavate my backyard no this man dug a trench and he said oh i found the problem He dug a little, just a little trench with a shovel. And today, I have not picked up a single trowel. towel. I have not dried a towel. I have not gone up and down the stairs. I cannot tell you. I emailed them and said, do you do necks? (laughs) Because I think the guy could really fix my neck. You know, I can tell you, It's hard to ask for help. I don't like it because you can get disappointed. And if you're sensitive, you don't like to surround yourself by a bunch of people because, quite frankly, you pick up the problems and then that causes your health problems. However, I'm telling you, if you're sensitive and empathic, you tend to feel only safest with the divine. But if you're on earth, you have to, you are You are preventing yourself from a huge, huge supply of angels. Angels in the form of people. 
So don't do that. It just increases your chance toward health problems. It involves trust. And people who have autoimmune, chronic infection, problems with all the weight gain and depression and fatigue and anxiety, all those issues are about safety and security in the world, a sense of belonging. And all that is about how to learn how to be around people. You don't have to have them on your lap. But you have to trust that there's going to be angels in some of them. Some of them will say no, and some of them will show up in a truck with a shovel. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about medical intuitive solutions for healthy relationships. If you want to know more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you can't get on the lines today and you want a private reading, you can go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475. What does a reading involve? For one, it's not a physician-patient relationship. I don't give you a diagnosis of prescribed treatment, but knowing only your name and age over the phone, I describe a specific emotional situation in your life that aggravates your health. But more importantly, I describe your physical body, head, eyes, ears, neck, thyroid, heart, breast, lungs, every organ system, every symptom that you have. I understand that every illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, but every illness has an emotional intuitive component. In the two-hour comprehensive reading, for people who have had one health problem after another after another, I talk about the barriers innate in your body and environment that make it harder for you to respond to the treatments you've been given the nutrients in your environment, that includes people, that make it easier for you to respond, and among other things, your unique wiring for intuition that at times can provoke a health problem, not cause it, provoke it. But if you can learn how to utilize that form of intuition, you can stay better longer, respond to treatment better, use that intuition in the vocation, career, or spiritual growth. And speaking of using intuition, coming up in July, I have a seven-day class, the Medical Intuition Institute, or affectionately called the Summer Camp, seven-day certificate training. I teach it. It's in person. Can you learn singing online? Nope. Can you learn surgery online? I think not. I teach medical intuition in person. So if you want to know more about that, go to www.drmonalisa.com. We will go to line one. Line one, Renee, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Mona Lisa. So excited to speak with you. Um, I'm calling today because I feel like no matter what I've done throughout my life, since I was like 10 years old, I've always had an issue with my weight and have very difficult... Hold on, stop, 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 stop. The first thing I see... Since the age of, you're 41. Yeah, so since it's been the majority 40, of my life. No, but you can't say that because it's since the age of 10. It didn't happen in mm-hmm. utero that you knew. It didn't happen when you were two to four to six to eight. You understand? Mine did, mm-hmm. but yours did not. Yours started at 10. That's fascinating. That's when GNRH, the hypothalamus, starts to turn into the pituitary, starts to say, 
puberty. We want puberty. Yep. Are you I following me? Puberty when... wait, wait a minute. Let me do the work. Oh, otherwise, sorry. they take the show away from me. Okay. So that's important. And uh, from what I see, I see that you nurture people. That's how you connect. Mm-hmm. When you key into somebody, you feel their pain, their suffering. And in an environment, unfortunately, I see a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense of belonging. I see someone who's cold, distant, definitely not the most nurturing of people. And somehow, wait a minute, don't say anything. Somehow, to relate to them, you had to key into them emotionally. You carried their feelings. It triggered cortisol. This is a study by Salvador Mnuchin. Cortisol, which ultimately signaled insulin, and their stress registered in your body. The reason why that was more when you went through puberty is because somehow the change in estrogen and progesterone going up and down, up and down, made your frontal lobe, the mute button, the sensor, not work as well during certain times of the uh, month. So your capacity to block it out was less. I see this person cool, distant, critical, and did some things that weren't the kindest. And so your way of relating to them was trying to intuitively key in how to maneuver and get closer to them. But unfortunately, by getting closer to them, you got contact intuitivitis. You got anxious because you would get anxious when they got angry. And that would trigger this domino effect of weight gain. Who is this person? My mother. Definitely not the most nurturing of people. The question is, why at puberty? How did your mother change? How did your life with your mother and your family change when you were 10? Better yet, how did your mother's relationship with other people in the house change when you were 10? I think um, that's when it became more apparent or that we knew that she was suffering from depression. Okay, there's a better reason. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. There's another way of looking at it, okay? Mm -hmm. That may be true, as if you were a court reporter. I like the way you said it. That's when we knew, like you were another parent. Um, do you know when they say um, this is Miss America in the event that yeah. she cannot do her duties first runner up will do it mm-hmm. sometimes if one of the parents is so depressed that they can't do their parental role the runner up <laughs> the first runner up will do it and that's one yeah. of the kids do yeah. you understand 
That's why you said that was when we realized she was depressed. You're not supposed to realize that. You're not supposed to be Joe or Joanna psychologist at Lodge. You're one of the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's for the parents to, to figure out, not the kid at 10. Did you get it? Yeah. So you were carrying yeah. the weight of responsibility. Wait, wait. But there's more. Okay? That meant that on some level, you and your father were joined in some way. Did your father and your mother get more separate as a result of her depression? Yes, and they eventually divorced when there I was There you go. 17. That's why I was trying to say to you, how did your marriage change? How did their fam- your family change? Do you understand? And you were privy to it. You were carrying that. Salvador Manushin talks about when there was an unspoken conflict in the family, one of the kids almost always has a third center problem. Digestion, weight, anorexia, bulimia, or diabetes. Are you following me? Because the people, the problems in the family that are unspoken register in her body. At 10, puberty, you had to have been picking up something about a sexual relationship. Thus, the title of today's show. So are the days of our lives. My Aunt Evie used to watch these soap operas at 12 noon. And mm-hmm. her house was like a daycare center. And so we all wanted to stay inside. And she would close and lock the door and she said, these are my stories. I want to listen. That's your story. That was a soap opera. You started living in a soap opera. The reason why I say this is you didn't always have weight problems like I did. You mm-hmm. had them starting at puberty. And that's because there was a sexual problem going on in your family. Second chakra mm-hmm. in your parents' marriage. And you were privy mm-hmm. to it. So you carried it starting during a hormonal event. Do you understand? Yes. So that means, Missy, whenever there's a problem in a relationship, especially a marital one, you're more likely to gain weight. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Because, or any of the people around you. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm an analyst for the government. I was about to say, I hope you're not an analyst like a marriage therapist. No. <laughs> because if you are, change your career. When you said analyst, I almost had a little bit of a problem here. I look at your head. I see pressure in your head area. I can't figure out it's vascular, hormonal, or what that is. I see a change in range of motion in your neck. I see increased susceptibility of having antibodies against your thyroid gland, antibodies that make it hard for you to have stable thyroid function. I look at your heart. I see an increased susceptibility of having irregular problems with estrogen, progesterone, androgens. I can't figure out if they're from your adrenal gland, your ovaries, or both. I see increased susceptibility of having cysts in your pelvis. I can't figure out if they're associated with your ovaries or what. 
I see problems with blood sugar, insulin. I wonder if you have problems with your skin. I did. I had... Sorry. That's a cat call. When the cats are on the counter, I go... (laughs) I wonder if at times during that time that it was worse, you had problems with thinning of your hair. I wondered during that time whether you had trouble with fertility. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. Once again, I see old adhesions in your pelvis. I wonder if something was lost, something removed. At one time, I wonder whether you had trouble giving birth to something personally or professionally in a relationship. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, just the trouble with losing weight, I... I know, but it's not just weight. Hold on one second. How many children do you have? None. That was a trick question. None. That's why I said you have trouble giving birth to something personally and professionally. Have you ever wanted to have kids? Let me Um, put it this way. When you were young, did you imagine yourself with kids? Yes, when I was young. Okay. So that's my question I ask people. When they get older, if they haven't been able to find the right mate... Then they just say by default, oh, I don't want to have kids. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, did you ever have cysts in your pelvis? I had one, one time, but it went away on its own. Was it with your ovaries? Yeah, it was a cyst on my ovary. And tell me about your skin. Um, I had your basic acne as a teenager, but then in my mid-20s, I had major hormonal acne, like the very deep cystic type That's what all I'm talking along about. my jaw and neck. Right. And during that time, did you have problems with either heavy or irregular periods? Um, later in my 20s, I, my period kind of changed in regards to the color and like what came out, yeah. Did anybody suggest that you had problems with estrogen, progesterone, hormones, fertility that was associated with weight and blood sugar? Did anyone connect those three things? No, because I go to the doctor and they say, oh, everything's in the normal range. There seems to be a connection between your hormones, fertility, and your weight. Mm-hmm. Talk to a gynecologist about that because over time it could affect blood sugar and insulin. I'm purposely not even using a diagnostic term, but you already know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It also influences your skin. There's my music. You know what it means you ha- because you really have to talk about that and your health with relationships because it affects your fertility. There's my music. You know what that means. We got to go to break, but stay with us as we talk about health and relationships and medical intuitive solutions. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Discover the power within UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively. Today's show has been dedicated to our health and how our relationships affect us. For good or for bad, relationships are critical for our health, but can also break us. And so we are learning that we need relationships. Relationships are very important for us, but if we're porous and intuitive, they can very much influence our hormones, influence our blood sugar, influence our immune system. It can start in puberty. It can start earlier, depending on your unique wiring for intuition and sensitivity. We will go to line three. Margaret, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Um, yes, Mona Lisa. Um, great to um, connect with you today. I loved your story of synchronicity with your truck driver. That was oh, great. He's wonderful. He's a sweet thing. That's awesome. Um, I'm, yeah, I thought I would just call for a reading because I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole with a health issue and it's leading me, you know, like you said, all the different systems, right? So that I can't, so, um, because I can't do a one or two hour reading with you on the phone. Can you give me one thing to focus on? Sure. Um, I actually um, had high cholesterol. And okay, got stop, a, stop, 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 stop. Okay, the first thing I see okay. is, first of all, this is intuitive. You're 64, is that correct? Yeah. Most people don't realize this, but cholesterol is a stress hormone. Um, when we're stressed, cortisol is released from our adrenal gland, so is epinephrine. And it tells our body, warning, warning, like the, the, the TV show Lost in Space. It makes certain things of our body change so we can support our family, our mates, relationships. And one of the things it does is it dumps a bunch of white cells, but it also changes blood sugar, cholesterol, and makes them available so that we can get those nutrients to fight or to take off, what people call fight or flight. I hate those sayings because I used to say, you know, fight or flight. And I'm like, flight? I'm taking a flight? It means argue when necessary or get out of there. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that. They fight and then they flee. And unfortunately, they stay fleeing. What do people do with their families? They argue and then they take off, never to be seen again. And that doesn't happen. There has to be a more effective strategy because people who need people are the luckiest people. The thing I see about you as a family, families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure like white cells, bones, joints, all the things that are associated with people. However, I see a bunch of people who are supposed to be the bedrock of your life, your safety net, and they're somehow leaving you. Either you're leaving them, they're leaving you. And though that can be a new beginning for you, it makes you anxious. On some level, you may not want to admit that it makes you feel alone and vulnerable, but the grief is still sitting on your chest. Grief is like birth. 
to get to planet Earth, we get a round trip ticket. People don't realize that. You get here and then you have to go back. People love going to Disney World, but when they leave, they look very unhappy with their little cases leaving, and I'm always one of them. The same thing with planet Earth. People are very happy when they come here, although, you know, when they get the bill from the OBGYN and stuff, they're not so happy. Not to mention the first year with the lack of sleep and all that stuff. Then dying isn't always happy, but sometimes it's a relief. But then that is difficult. I see somebody leaving you, and though it may be relief and it creates a new beginning, it's anxiety-provoking, and part of you feels emotionally relieved. There's some kind of trauma around this person that makes you feel ambivalent about the imminent loss or the loss of them. Who do you live with? Um, myself. No one. I live with myself. That's an interesting way of saying it. When people don't like to say I live alone because they think alone means lonely. It mm-hmm. doesn't. Right. You can't discharge a baby home to breastfeed themselves. So if the nurse says, who does this baby live with? You say they live by themselves. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> they would call Department of you know, Services. So you can't live by yourself. You live alone. And I always think it's interesting when people say I live by my, I mean, I live with myself. Right. So that means second chakra, you have a partnership with yourself. And though that's an interesting concept of psychotherapy, it's indicative of this reading. When was the last time you lived with somebody? Um, probably maybe five years ago. What happened to that person? Um, we broke up. Yeah. I broke up with him, but I think he was making life difficult so that I would break up with him. Um, so he induced, a, he induced the breakup. I'm the one that said we're breaking up. But I yeah, he no, definitely, no, no, no. No, you oh, right. Yes, he induced if it, I'm yeah. behind you and I toot my horn and yes. then you leave, <laughs> yes, okay, you exactly. say I left you, but I say I induced you by tooting my horn. <laughs> yep. Yes. In actually, an irritating fashion, right? Yes, yes, very. So you might rev your engine, put smoke in my face, <laughs> and, and, and roll your tires with gravel against my windshield and leave me in <laughs> dust. It matters not. I induced you to leave by tooting my horn in an annoying, rude fashion, right? Exactly. Totally. People are very oh. interesting. Everybody tells me, they either grew apart, okay, or they left them. But I have yet, there are very few people have said I was left. The bastard. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I see relationship death. It was a death. And though you felt relieved because it opened you up mm-hmm. for a rebirth, you still feel alone. You won't say I live alone. You'll say I live with myself. Mm-hmm. It died. Why did it die? What 
Okay, let me say it another way. You want me to say it another way? <laughs> okay, yeah, say it another way. <laughs> All I can think of is that um, when people have a diabetic toe, the, the toe is dead, and they have it there for a while, but it's pulseless, it's cold, and it can infect you. But people don't want to get rid of it because they're not ready to let go of their toe. That happened to me in a mm-hmm. clinic. Actually, the patient was in... So they get sicker, 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 because it's they're in a relationship with their toe. And that act, I had to go in and talk to this lady and say, ma'am, we have to cut off your toe. And she said, I'm not ready to let go of my toe. And I said, ma'am, it's not a toe anymore. So you were in a relationship with this person, mm-hmm. and somehow it had no pulse, it had no heat, and it was numb, just like a dead toe. Mm-hmm. And somehow... Because you weren't separating with him, he induced you to cut him off. To get graphic. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes. And you didn't like it. Just like I had to go in and tell this lady. I induced her. Got it? Mm -hmm. Because on her own, she wouldn't have done it. She would have gone home and gotten sicker and sicker. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what that means, right? Because mm-hmm. if he hadn't tooted or made it annoying for you, how long would you have stayed with him? Monday exactly. morning quarterbacking. Okay, good. So you see, you are honest. This is very nice. Don't you love it when a game plan comes together? So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> how many people have you gone out with since Bobo? I'll call him affectionately Bobo. Right. Not many. Not many. How many people? A have couple. You a couple. A date here and there. Well, you know, maybe a couple guys a date here and there, but. You know, like one guy I went out with once. How long did you live with him? I only lived, I think I lived with him a little over a year. Why was that so traumatic for you? Um, Probably because I hadn't been in a relationship for a long time before that. And I was really looking for a partnership. Did Um, you think it was forever and ever? I was hoping it would be a forever and everything, but yes, yeah, totally. I'm a forever kind of person. So, yeah. Is he with somebody new? Oh my God. As soon as we broke up, the next day he, you know, connected with a friend and they were married within three weeks or something crazy like that. And they're perfect for each other. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) The next day, really now? Really? So you understand the guy who was outside my mailbox didn't just come off the highway and decide to park outside my driveway. He was dropping off a bill. <laughs> right. It was kismet, a coincidence, mm-hmm. but not really. He, need, he needed to be paid. So that was great timing. However, mm-hmm. Don't you think it's coincidental that it was so short that he gets married to her? Or do you think that that was brewing for a while? Yeah, probably. Yep. Do you think they were seeing each other while you were together? Um, We were in the same friend group, so. Do you think 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 he was having an affair with her? No, I don't think so. I think Are you he sure? was. No, I'm not sure, but I. Okay. Don't... Do you have any? Do you have any concern <laughs> about? Oh, see how you're laughing? 
I make people laugh all the time. The only reason I why know. I say that is because he did toot the horn. You moved so he could move on. Yeah. And he did very quickly. Too quickly. Which makes me wonder. You know when they have Dateline and the wife dies, right? Yeah. And of course, the life insurance policy check is cashed. And then like two months later, he marries her best friend. Right. You know what they think usually? They worry that she and him were in it together. And they check the phone records to find out if he was seeing her before his wife died. Right. I hate to think that way. Or maybe I was watching too much Dateline. (laughs) Or maybe it's because my uncle was the chief of state police. (laughs) (laughs) And I've listened to too many police radios. I think you need to talk to someone about why that was traumatic. I I think you're just saying that, you know, I was sensitive. I expected it to live forever. I think somebody in your circle um, cherry-picked your partner. And you haven't gotten over that. Do you get it? Yeah, I do. I get that. And sometimes saying a spade is a spade because it wasn't a deficit in your relationship. It was a deficit in who you picked. Exactly, yeah. You get the difference? You get the difference? Yep. Because then by your naming it, you're saying that's what happened. You can move on. Right. And you can get help with picking someone better because now you realize you have a broken picker. By the way, were you married before? No. Never been married? No. I have a bad picker. You're right. I have a broken picker. I know, but the fact that you've never been married before is Mm -hmm. very interesting. Was this gentleman ever married before? And I use that term loosely. Meaning gentlemen? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, actually, he was married for, I don't know, 25 years. His wife died of lung cancer. And they were all in our friend circle. I look at your head. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I look at your heart. I see mild change in rain, uh, a mild dizziness, vertigo, imbalance feeling in the left side of your head. I can't figure out the upper respiratory tract infection, allergies, changes in your middle ear or what that is. I look at your left chest wall, right chest wall. I see increased susceptibility of having decreased height, decreased bone density. I see increased susceptibility of having hormonally sensitive densities in your left chest wall, densities that tend to be calcified. Somehow those two things are connected. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I saw an old red dotted pattern in your esophagus, stomach. I wonder whether you used to have body image issues. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see a change of range of motion in your right hip. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, My health concerns right now was um, heart disease. I have like a high calcium score, CT calcium score, and Um, cholesterol. Cholesterol, calcium and cholesterol. How tall are you? I'm 5'2". 
And I do have osteoporosis. Okay, so you have lost height. Um, I don't think I've lost height, but... But you have, you don't have osteopenia, you have osteoporosis. Correct. Okay. But interestingly enough, you have a high calcium score. So the calcium that's left your bones has gone right into the heart. Your blood vessels. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Don't you think that's interesting? Yeah, I'm very curious about that. And I no, did... but you, you understand what I'm saying. It's, it, I understand the whole point of inflammation, cell loss, death, and then becoming calcified. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is first center is bones and joints. It's family. Family someone to lean back on. It's supposed to be safety and security. You don't have that. But you do right. have heartache. And yeah. that's the cholesterol and the heart thing. And those are related. It's because you hide your, we're going to get to this in a second, you hide your emotions behind the brave and stoic face and you tuck your anger in your heart. H-E-A-R-T. We never had R's in Rhode Island. The letter was <laughs> banned. Um, what other chest problems run in your family? Um, you know, late in life, my dad had a stent put in and, um, my mom had high blood pressure. Um, the other thing is, the other thing is that depression is an independent risk factor for osteoporosis. Do you have a problem with long-term blue mood? Long-term blue mood? Yes, it's not like you're overtly depressed, but you're blue. Yeah, I would say I have that lingering, yes. Um, you need to figure out a variety of ways of treating that aggressively because that impacts both your heart and your bones. If you take anti-cholesterol meds, you have to take coenzyme Q10. Because a lot of ACE inhibitors suck out coenzyme Q10, 400 to 600 milligrams a day. And mind you, coenzyme Q10, 400 to 600 milligrams a day, can inhibit the occurrence of breast cancer, which also is an increased risk if you have melancholy and sadness. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. It's also a fourth center problem. Similarly, people most postmenopausally often um, use carbohydrates or drink to treat their mood. Have you been in relationships or around people who do those things? Um, that guy I was with was a big drinker. I don't drink, but I do like snacking on crackers. Okay, because that doesn't help. But he was a big drinker. Yeah. Because that didn't work. Because alcohol is an independent risk factor for breast cancer. And I might add that being around him wouldn't have helped you. So having a radical relationship back to me was probably the best thing that happened to you. I know. Yep. I know you don't know. Your body doesn't know. Because the grief is sitting on your chest. Okay. In the form of cholesterol. You really need to go to someone who's like a shaman. Okay. And help them. And I don't mean someone who took 
a class for a weekend. I mean, like a real one. A real one, yeah. According to data. And have them remove that ceremoniously from you. I mean, okay. it's like that's a scene from Moonstruck where he's in this guy, this teacher is, is in a, the Cucina, which is an Italian restaurant. And this girl throws a drink in his face because he says something terrible to him. And she walks <laughs> out. And he says, remove every evidence of her and bring me a martini. <laughs> That's kind of like what I want you to do, except with the, without the martini. <laughs> Just go to a shaman and say, I want you to remove every evidence of this person. Because his heavy drinking wouldn't have helped you any. Because oh. that kind of addiction is covering up an emotion you can't handle. Yeah. And so you don't yeah. know what was really going on underneath his, underneath that alcohol. Because alcohol is a carb. So if you weren't drinking, you were carbing. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? But the stress yeah. of not having him and having been tooted out of a relationship into the arms of another woman leaves you with grief. Mm-hmm. That's partly anger. Are you following me? I'm Karen Hornet said that this was in the 50s, so mind you, that's over 50 years ago, 60, 70 years ago. She said back then that men were more li- likely to get angry and women were more likely to swallow the anger and it became depression. Mm-hmm. So now we know that we're just going to call people people, okay, including cats, dogs, individuals, that if you were able to express your feeling in an effective way, that it's helpful to you and your relationships. Saying the right thing to the right person at the right time with the right amount of intensity. You can learn that in a cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy. I like DBT because it teaches you how to do it. It's based on mindfulness. However, it's some people say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. So they might go to work when they're upset with their partner and go, you know, I didn't like the tone of your voice to their boss, at which time they get fired. So right now, you are not saying anything to anybody <laughs> because Mr. Wrong left you and married we don't know who, for what reason, because he drinks. <laughs> yeah, she drinks too, so that's good. Yeah, but we don't even know what they feel because if they drink constantly, God knows what they feel because that level of alcohol right. covers up emotion we can't handle. Do you know if you have an uh, alcohol level over 200, you're not allowed to be evaluated in an emergency room? I have to wait for your alcohol level to be below 200 for me to even evaluate you. That means because mm. I don't even know what you're thinking. So if you marry someone and are in a relationship with someone with a constant alcohol level of over 200, I don't know if that's a relationship. Exactly, you get it? yeah. Yeah, totally. So I don't know what was going on in your relationship. You were married to like Seagram's <laughs> or Bud Light. <laughs> well, we it? weren't married, but yeah. No, but I you understand. It. On the other hand, he was involved <laughs> with a Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean. It wasn't a Twinkie, but, you know, maybe yeah. a Cinnabon or, you know, Godiva. Right. 
You get what I'm saying? That's true of all of us. Because we have to learn how to say the right thing to someone, fear. I'm ex- you make me terrified when you do that. Mm-hmm. I'm so frustrated that I want to shriek, but I love you. Saying the right thing to someone so it doesn't go down into our body. Yeah, I and, mean, I did say that to him, but, you know, obviously. No, but you were saying it, and he was under the influence. Remember now, I can't go into the ER and say, hi, my name is, how are you? They don't hear it. It's like right. there's a cartoon in the New Yorker, what an animal hears, and they just hear blah, 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 blah. Do you understand? Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally They may even say therapeutic words like, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> you get it? Right. I mean, obviously, I spoke to him when he was totally sober, but I, I get he just wasn't. You like, talked to him when he was totally sober? Do you yeah. know that people, this listen, people are not okay. con- considered completely sober unless they haven't had a drink for more than 30, 30 days. Okay, well, yeah, then okay. There you go. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I want you to know, because if you need to talk to anybody who's been in rehab, your brain is still changing. It's not right. even just the alcohol level. Then they'll tell you, I feel so good. But the problem is, I don't like myself because I used to like myself much better and so did my friends when I was always drinking. Now I have to really have real relationships. That's why healthy relationships involve us learning how to communicate. And that's what you have to do. Your cholesterol on some level in Chinese medicine mm-hmm. is anger. It's living right in. Good luck. Go to a Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist and they can help you do that as well as building up your kidney meridian with the bone density. Good luck. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.